Hey everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week we're doing something special. I guess we say that every week for the playlist, don't we? <laughs> it's always special. It's it always is special. Though. But this is near and dear to Kevin and I's heart. Yeah. It's something we uh, foreshadowed for the first time we did. for the playlist. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Blink-182 Family Tree playlist. Yeah, boy. So let's get into it. All right, everyone, we're here. We're ready to do the Blink-182 Family Tree Playlist. We are. We should be. This is a, this is a later episode. I you know, I had to post my lonely cow picture on Instagram. And I want to explain that picture for, for a second because I was going to post like some cringe like Minions-level meme about like, work stinks. <laughs> I looked for hours. And I was like, you know what? Let me just post something weird. And I found that picture of a cow by itself, like staring out at the ocean. I was like, "That's that works." For it me. perfectly sums us up too. <laughs> and I thought when I posted, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna kind of mess up like the look of our grid." But I was like, "Yeah, I don't fucking care." Yeah, it's curious <laughs> enough that five years from now we're gonna look back and be like, "What the fuck was that about?" Oh, we were a, a week late on posting an episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's my bad. Uh, works works been slammed for both of us, so yeah. we decided. Rather than uh, doing a half-ass episode, we take a week off, and especially we want to do justice to Blink-182. Yes. It's a very formative band for both of us, and I'm excited to to talk about it. Yeah, and we talk about like our personal, like our Venn diagram of music. Like Blink is the biggest part of that, I think. It's like Linkin Park, Blink-182. I don't know. What else have we talked about? Um, it's not much. Jack Johnson. <laughs> banana pancakes. <laughs> We both like banana pancakes. I mean, um, that song, I mean, ripped. That's Dave not Matthews. I fucking hate Dave Matthews. Um, we like songs about college. Yeah. It's more like types of songs that we like. Yeah, not like necessarily a band that we both like listened to that was formative for mm-hmm. us. So this is this is one of the few that we have in like huge common. And I think to make it a fun playlist, we we did the family tree. So that yeah. includes anything that mock, mock. Mark, Tom, Travis, you know, the guys from Boston. Yeah, they were wicked smart. <laughs> no, um, Mark, Tom, and Travis, um, anything that, any property they've been a part of. So we're going to cover Blink-182. We're going to cover Angels and Airwaves, Plus 44, uh, Boxcar Racer. Um, there's even, you know, some things that Travis Barker has done yep. as a producer, uh, featured as a, as a drummer. Lots of cool stuff. I almost picked a song that Mark was featured on. But I thought it was way too drastically different for everything else on our playlist. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I think doing Travis Barker features feels right because he is so prolific with his features. Like he's on fucking everything. And then there's a lot of songs that make him drumming make their songs sound like Blink songs. Yes, almost. yes. He has a very distinctive style. Um, Travis does so. It, it's it's immediately recognizable and it immediately gives that sort of edge that I really like about Blink. I think he's the heart and soul of Blink when you when you really get down to it. Yeah, it it gave it made them relevant. Yeah, which we'll we'll talk about. We both have songs from before Travis was in the band, but it's also fun to talk about how he affected the band. So yeah. something we're gonna get into here in a little bit. But I think we'll start with audience submissions. Yep, let's do it. Friend of the show, Cody Garrett. Happy uh, birthday! We're recording on his birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Cody. Um, we talk, he says, stay together for the kids by Blink-182. Yes. 
Uh, it's a song that Kevin picks, so we'll talk about it here in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Great taste, Cody. It's uh, it's one. It might be my favorite Blink song. So any, I think any childhood divorce, it's like a an anthem for yeah. sure. Yeah, and my parents didn't get, didn't get divorced until I was in my mid twenties, but still, like I get it. Like it wasn't a messy divorce either, but you know, it's still it it was rough. Yeah, <laughs> it sucked to go through. So uh, anybody, and you know, we'll get into it when I talk about it, but more. But um, yeah, great song. And uh, yeah, let's uh, move right along to Louie here. Uh, he picked Happy Holidays, You Bastard, which is, uh, this is the blink that I grew up loving, like the goofy, ridiculous, out to offend blink, like the Mark, Tom, and Travis show blink, where they're just making dick jokes and saying ridiculous shit, and I'll never talk to you again unless your dad will suck me off. <laughs> Unless your mom will touch my cock, <laughs> ejaculate so, into a sock, yeah. like that's the chorus. It's so st- it's so stupid, <laughs> and yet it's infectious. Yeah, it is. It really is, and that's the magic of Blink. It's the uh, they took a a punk formula that was like kind of serious, and like it started like the, there was the skinhead movement about like anar- anarchism and fighting the class system in like Britain and stuff like that, and they took that that formula and just made jokes and it was awesome like no I, i'll talk about no effects a few times this episode but they kind of took that formula that they started kind of like joking around but also making really good punk music yeah no it's 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 a great pick good job louis yeah. wait is it way to keep number three yeah you're distancing yourself <laughs> from number three and number four yeah i mean we did uh, i did a quick poll on the instagram and ben i think edged out in the four people that answered um but i don't know it's his it's like 3A and 3B right now. Yeah. You guys are kind of sharing the phone currently. Um, on that topic, we'll move right along to Ben, who picked Adam's song. Uh, he, he mentioned it on our last episode, uh, I think. Did he yeah, he that? said it was a, a, a master class. class song. Yeah, yeah, Ben uses his term of master class to describe kind of like a song that describes a band. Like so it's the one song you would show somebody to kind of give them a flavor for the band. Uh, you, you and I talked about it before the show and we disagree a little bit about this song. It's a great song and it was huge for Blink's profile because it showed a side of Blink that people necessarily weren't used to. It's about one of their friend's suicides, correct? Some, yeah, it's definitely about suicide and like, I think the last verse talks about, you know, just like finding the strength for one more day. Yeah. And I think that's like a pretty powerful song there. I, I remember when I was young there was an article about a kid that killed himself and had this song playing on repeat mm-hmm. and kind of tried to, they tried to like sue blink over it, but it's, it's more of like a, an empowerment, like everything sucks. Everything sucks. World's beaten down on you. And then the last verse is like one little thing is going to get you through the day. Yeah, yeah. And that is why I think we like blink so much. It's like they can joke, they can joke. Same reason we like scrubs. They joke, they joke, they right. joke almost to the point of stupidity. And then they turn it on a dime to be something that's like, Oh shit, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. And, it's Brooklyn Nine Nine does that really well too. It's just there's good writing and you know impactful comedy writing is reflected. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's a great analogy with those two like that Scrubs and then you know Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's too good. It's they're comedy shows and by and large Blink is a comedy band for a lot of their stuff. But when they really want to focus and do something serious like Adam's song, it it is impactful and uh it, it, it at the time. I remember it clearly coming out and getting like massive play because people were like, "Oh shit, this is different," and we like it. I mean, it was you know, it's it's cool to hear these these jokesters talk about something so serious. So, 
yeah, yeah. Good, good pick we like i said we don't necessarily think it's one of their best it's, i mean it's a standout song for blink for sure it's it's a, it's a must it would be on their greatest hits yeah um, but it's not the song i would pick for master class that would be for me probably stay together for the kids but mm-hmm. you know different opinions i mean it, there's a lot of people that would agree with ben surely yeah and it's it's hard for me to I just love all the phases of Blink, so yeah. I'm like I'm prejudiced. I don't I couldn't narrow it down. I yeah. can narrow it down to like maybe ten songs, but then yeah. I would start talking myself out of it and then I'd be at thirty songs. I'd go full binge <laughs> on that bitch. <laughs> I just I couldn't pick one song to, to I, encapsulate. The I band. could limit it to Anima and Take Your Pants Off, I think. To yeah. those two albums. Yeah. And I could pick a song from those two certainly. But then the evolution to their self-titled yeah i never so listened cool. to self-titled that much though really yeah i had moved on at that point because it, it was i think there was a big gap between that and take your pants i think right? oh one to oh three well yeah i mean i wasn't but boxcar racer was in between that yeah so, it, so at that point they had kind of it felt like they were broken up so i was yeah. like all right i'm moving on um so zoe's pick uh, my fiance Zoe says Rage featuring Travis Barker by the Dirty Hits. And I haven't listened to this, or at least not that I remember. So I'm going to default to you on this one. No, it rocks. It's it's cool to hear Travis Barker's drums and Dirty Heads is like a, they're like a neo-ska. I don't know. They're kind of hard to describe. <laughs> sure. Like They're like a beach band. Maybe I did listen to this because there was a bunch of features that I listened to. And I remember hearing something that sounded similar to that. Yeah, Dirty, Dirty Heads has like a really cool sound. Uh, it makes you feel like you're on the beach and someone's trying to sell you weed or something. That's what Dirty Heads feels like to me. And, you know, you uh, we're going to talk about it a few times because you and I both have songs that have Travis Barker features. Yep. You can feel his, his presence on these songs. Yeah. And uh, just something like a Dirty Heads song can really, his drums can really add something to that. All right. You ready to get into picks? Let's do her. Are you your own first, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my first pick is Apple Shampoo by Blink-182. It's from uh, Dude Ranch, yep. which I think if we don't discuss any other early album, I like, I really like the old Blink albums, but I think Dude Ranch is like the most palatable one. This is the one that I consider the first Blink album, like truly. This is when I started listening to Blink because of the pick I'm about to have, but yeah, no. So I, I agree with you. I've never really listened to earlier Blink than this, but... I did a huge deep dive when I was in, in high school, and I loved, love, love, love. Like Cheshire Cat and Buddha, which had a lot of the same songs, but it was still really cool. And even, mm-hmm. like, I went even further back. Someone had, like, their first true single from an, it was, like, called Fly Swatter or something mm-hmm. like that, and I remember downloading it. Like the demo they cut? Yeah, and it was so shitty, but so, like, it felt cool and grunge. Yeah, to there's like, something cool about that. To hear, like, first recordings. Um, but... You know, Apple Shampoo, it's so fun to listen back to, even if there's the use of the R word, which is not as tolerable as it, as it used to be by people. Yeah. Um, just find a better word. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I'm sure it's not one that they, they're going to play live anymore. <laughs> Probably not. Know? Or they would change it. Uh, I don't know. It's just like I was t- we were talking about it just a second ago, but you know, you can't judge it. It's, a, it's back then it wasn't taboo really at all. I used to say it all the time. But, yeah. You know, I don't anymore just because times change and I don't want to be a shitty person. Yeah. And, and you know, it's hard to remember a time before Travis played the drums, Yeah, but it's so distinguishably different. I like Scott Rayner's drums. This feels very punk. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think Travis added like a, a sense of professionalism but a lot of their songs back then were like, it just felt like they were like strumming along. And then they would hit like this point and you'd be like, that's fucking genius, dude. Yeah. And I think that has to do with the drums was like, 
the drama is just going like a certain pace and it didn't really deter the rest of the song. Um, but it's, it's perfectly nineties and it's so fun to hear how far they've come. And, you know, it, it's kind of beautifully started out where it starts with the drums and, or, or with the bass and then it comes into like a full band and, you know, there's a there's a lot of cool things about the song, but I, the the part where he yells, "You know that it meant everything to me," mm-hmm. it was like so high school for me. I was like, <laughs> "You know that it meant everything to me." <laughs> and you're staring at a picture of your ex. <laughs> like, God, how can you do this to me? Yeah. Uh, and you know, just thinking that girl's so cool and I'm so stupid is just like that's a perfect punk song. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's perfect for adolescence and. It's not one of those songs I put on on a regular basis, but when it comes on, I'm ready to, to fucking jam it. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's it, this is this is not a song I listen to a whole lot either. So, but it, it is it's nostalgic for me uh, in that this is my first mention of No Effects. Like this is the kind of like this is reminds me of that like early '90s um, post like Ramones punk that was just like a lot a lot faster, a little bit more refined, but still kind of like shitty in a way. Like it's still garage bandy. Which I really like. I like that version of punk, like where the, the shit you would hear on like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, like before pop punk was huge. It, this is the shit that I really like, like uh, pre hardcore. <laughs> if yeah. you want to talk about post hardcore punk, <laughs> this is pre hardcore punk. Uh, it, you know, it's simple, it's loud, and it kicks ass. I mean, and that's really all I care about in in punk like this. It doesn't. It doesn't really need to be. Dong. <laughs> Dill's got like seventeen drinks on the table. Yeah, I'm trying to be quiet. It's all right. It, you know, it's all part of the... Uh, it's part of punk, baby. This you got to be loud. Yeah, that's right. This is our raw, uncut demo we're doing right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's... it's Blink did that as well as anybody at the time, but they had that extra element of, like, humor. And the good humor, too. It wasn't, like, forced or stupid or just specifically skater humor or something like that it was it was accessible to all you know mainly because it was dick jokes and stuff like that but it was they, they did it well and that's and that's why blink always stood out to me and this is a, another perfect example of that so mm-hmm. uh yeah no uh let's move right along to another song on dude ranch Hell which yeah. is a great album cover by the way <laughs> it's just like again it's like kind of a shitty drawing of like a weird perspective like a fisheye lens of a cow's ass but i like it yeah, it's just it's again it screams like uh, we don't really give a shit. We just want to play loud and fast. I think it's it's kind of funny. You and I both picked like almost through the world, like yeah. chronologically yeah. through Blink. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's the way you have to structure it almost because if you're going to do a family tree, it makes sense to see where they came from, and but also like because it's, it's going to make more sense how they evolved as they went along into mm-hmm. that family tree. Um, but yeah, no, this is where it all started for me. This is the first Blink song I remember hearing, and I fucking loved it, dude. It, it, this is this is this song is made. This might be my masterclass Blink song, honestly, because it it's perfect. There's there's just nothing wrong with it. It's it's short, it's punchy, but it also has that awesome chorus that's like not really punk, but it's it's undeniably like catchy. Like there's something about it. I think it, it's the drums too. The drums and the chorus are awesome because they're really that slow at the beginning. And then they pick up um, almost to like a three four or whatever. It's almost like a waltz timing <laughs> at the second half of the chorus. Yeah, uh, it's like it's really really good. And it, there's there's just a lot of elements here uh, that really work perfectly. It's the blend. It's perfect blended. Like I said, a fast punk and like an accessible poppy sound that would be come to define the pop punk genre. They're not the first to do it, but they're definitely the best. 
and you know damn it is the the quintessential pop punk song in my mind yeah if you if you watch that uh the pursuit of tone with tom DeLong, it was this song is what changed everything for them yeah and it was just like once you found a way to like what they had been doing and then just like tuning fine tuning it a little bit and making it like a catchy finding a way to make it catchy was like how it changed everything for them and this song is a perfect explanation of like it's a perfect blend of what blink was and what they became yeah. because you can hear the the punk this isn't pop punk this is punk yeah and then that like well i guess this is growing up made it pop punk yeah. because it was like infectious it yeah. was like stuck in your mind and then it'll happen once again i'll turn to a f-. it's like it's nice and chuggy it's not super it's not like i'm just playing i'm just strumming my guitar as fast as i can it's like there's some thought process to that mm-hmm. and there's certainly some pop sensibilities to that chorus, but the your, the rest of the song is straight punk for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just being able to like put your arms around one of your buddies and just like yell that that bridge into the chorus is so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, these guys learned very quickly how to write a hook and how to sink it into your brain. And I guess this is growing up as such a good tagline for any adolescent going through all these changes of growing up. Yeah. And um uh, you know, it still rings true today. You're always getting older, so it's always like, well, I guess this is growing up. Any, like, big change you have in your life, you can go back to and listen to Damn It and be like, damn, got me. Yeah. You got me again. I'm growing up with you, Blank. Well, it's, yeah, it's just, it's youth culture, man. And it's I think the more you can stay connected to that, not necessarily, like, living and reliving your high school years and being stuck in that time, but remembering what it was like to be young and how fresh and new everything felt that i think that is the magic of blink and pop punk and this this song and album in particular is that it doesn't feel old it doesn't feel aged it feel it reminds me of a time where shit was different and it was cool and it was fun so yeah and that that opening guitar i don't think we talk about it enough that it was just like it's iconic and you're like oh shit here we go Yeah, it's a musical trigger i mean for anybody that listens to pop punk that's a musical trigger I don't get down with uh with uh what's her, what's those bitch asses names? I swear I wasn't gonna mention them this episode, but here we go. Green Day. Green Day. Um, they are good with the like the oh yeah the opening guitars like that's that's what I associate with. Yeah, as much shit as we talk about Green Day, like they made good punk early on, and they just really just kind of ruined it uh, mm-hmm. progressively more with each album. But like I said, I always I've always loved Dookie. It's yeah. just something. There's really good. There's that's good pop punk, but it's more punk than pop. Uh, it, I don't know. I think if we took the vocals out, I would really like Green Day. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I know you hate Green Day. I'm a little bit more um, lenient on Green Day because they were formative for me as well. Like. Mm-hmm. It was Green Day and Blink. Those are the punk bands that I really, really listen to with heavy. Uh, but, but yeah. Anyway, let's let's move on sure. <laughs> before uh, we just shit on Green Day forever. <laughs> oh shit! Here we go again. <laughs> uh, my next pick, Cynical by Blink One Eighty Two from their album California from twenty sixteen. I wanted to melt Kevin's fucking face off. Is yeah. really what this was, yeah. and I wanted to show him that newer Blink can rip. It's still got it's still got Travis, it's still got Mark, and I really like Matt's contribution to this song. Yeah. Matt doesn't try and do anything crazy with the guitar and his vocals. You probably didn't even notice them cuz No, him, I did on this one and I liked them. Him and Mark have very similar vocals and this is the song that opens their California album. And I remember I was driving somewhere and I put this album on cuz I was so excited to hear it. 
put it on on Spotify and just to like, um, it kind of opens very slow. And then that drum where, uh, Travis comes in and just like goes fucking insane, just makes me so happy. And then like you hear Matt go, ah, like yeah. he messed up <laughs> yeah, a note or something. It's, it's such a Dylan <laughs> thing too. Cause I feel I could see you doing that. Just, it fucking cracks me up, dude. It's a, it's such a cool like punk thing to do to just leave that in there too. It's, uh, it's, so it's like a woo except almost yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ooh, you, you twisted the woo a little bit. Right. Right. Like you made it sound like you messed up, even though we know you didn't. You were in the studio for months making yeah. this. Um, but you know, this is a song that showed how in sync they were and how excited they were for a new album. And um, you know, they're not trying to recapture any of the old albums. They were trying to make like just a little bit more grown up. Yeah. And I think that's why I I liked California so much. Yeah. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Yeah, no, I fucking loved it, man. I think I think this is a ploy to get me to slowly listen to this entire album. You're just gonna pick it, pick one song from this album until I listen to it all. Uh, and it makes sense that this is an opener because it fucking it, it's awesome. It's a great great punk track, man. And I think this is what I was holding off earlier. I think Travis Barker as a pure drummer is incredibly overrated, but as a punk drummer, he's the best ever. There's, there's nobody's even close to him in the punk world as far as like making really awesome punk drums he's fucking incredible at it uh, i don't know if he's maybe like he he's maybe top 100 all time and drummers i wouldn't put him like anywhere near the top but certainly in punk rock he's the best of all time and there's something to be said for that because his sensibilities for making good punk are unrivaled and he really he sells this song man and it's he shows the fuck he just shows out and it's just it's I think you hit on it perfectly. I was like, this is how you write a punk song in your 40s. You don't try to cling to and to bring up Green Day again. I felt they, they were trying to cling to that kind of youth culture too much. These are clearly grown-ups that like a style of music, that but make music for grown-up people. It almost, and it's funny because I was thinking about it, it almost reminds me of what The Offspring was doing. Like they they did the similar kind of thing, but it was always a little bit more grown up. And the older I get, the more I appreciate it. So this kind of reminds me of the Offspring a little bit. And I know that's that might not sound like a great compliment because Offspring is kind of looked at like an entry level band. But this they were always making more mature music than like other like hard rock it's, punk bands at the time. It's just so hard to stay relevant as a punk band. It is. It's because, almost impossible because as you get older, it's like, I've said it before, it's like, just get a fucking job, man. <laughs> like, it's you can't complain about fucking shit all the time. Just yeah. get a job. Yeah, and if you go the political route, you lose people. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. And it's kind of, you and I talk about it quite a bit, is like, the longer you make albums, the more critical people are going to yeah. be of it or the more you're going to lose people. Yeah. So to find something that was like so captivating even with someone new it was like damn i'm excited yeah th this sold me on it man i'm i'm absolutely gonna listen to this album now and and come at it with a not judgmental ear and i don't know it's just it's perfect it's a minute and 58 seconds long there's not really a chorus like that's punk that's punk as shit like punk doesn't have choruses and like that got me excited because i love like old punk like i said i you know as i grew up i started to explore it a little bit more and like because i don't I, I, I don't know i just I, it really got me excited to listen to this iteration of blink so mm -hmm. i'm absolutely gonna mission accomplished still good job hell yeah <laughs> got another one yeah yeah, Real yeah. Man. you did it i you felt the it. bite and i just started as fast as I could. <laughs> got him jesus christ <laughs> that, that was as close as i'm gonna get to yelling a word today 
Because uh, getting you to laugh last episode, I you almost really passed out. No, I legitimately almost passed out. <laughs> it was crazy, dude. That was so much fun. Yeah, I don't. It's it's that's the, listening back to it was funny too. It was because <laughs> I blacked out for like a second and a half, like I didn't know where I was. It was weird. Um. Anyway, <laughs> let's move <laughs> now to get a little serious. Let's get a little more serious here. Uh, Stay together for the kids. Blink one eighty two. We already touched on a little bit. This is maybe my favorite Blink song of all time. Uh, and it's because it is different. It's something, it's a departure, I think, from what Blink was known for at the time. I mean, they were coming off Anima of the State at the time. This was maybe the first or second single off this album. Mm-hmm. And this was like, oh, fuck. Like, this, there's, this is like, this isn't punk anymore. This is like just good music. It is, it's because you can't really call it hard rock. It's, it's a ballad about, uh, it's, it's a story about Tom's. Again, this comes from the uh, Pursuit of Tone where he talks about where he came home when he was 18 years old and it was their parents' like 20th an- wedding anniversary and he saw these scratch marks on the sidewalk and he was like, what the fuck's going on? And he realized his dad had moved out at that moment. And this is the song about that day and realizing his parents had split and kind of trying to reconcile that in an 18-year-old's brain, uh, which is weird that Mark sings the the verses. I really like that they split it up. I do too. Like, Mark does such a good like hushed vocal and then when everything opens up and Tom does the chorus yeah. it's so powerful yeah it's awesome it's uh I remember thinking at the time though because there was always there was murmurs about like trouble in paradise this always felt like blank's breakup song to me and that's I think that's why I didn't listen to the untitled album as much because I was like okay they did their breakup song it's fucking awesome like I don't want to listen to more blink right now like Mm -hmm. i that take off your pants is a great fucking album to end it on and if that's the end i'm happy with that and this is a like i said this is a great song to kind of encapsulate what blink meant meant to me and how like they evolved over the time i was actively listening to them and uh yeah and and i I even wrote it's like it's why i refuse to listen to blink without tom because that chorus is so fucking good dude it's just loud and emotional and he talks about it on that we're gonna mention that video a lot because it is good uh he talks about he wanted to try something different i just they turned all the pedals on at at once because it's really hushed and it's all of a sudden just a fucking wall of sound and it's it's almost you can almost see like a kid like mulling it over his head and then all of a sudden like crumpling under the pressure and like grabbing his head and like screaming and that's what that chorus feels like and it's just it's so so well written and like I don't know. I, I fucking love this song. This to me is a masterclass song, if you want to say that. It really does a good job of like invoking that feeling. Yeah. The same way Adam's song does. Like this song does a really good job of like going through like the the, the stages of grief almost. It's like yeah. you you're sad, you're bargaining, you're doing all these things, and then at some point you just get mad and it feels like the chorus is like an explosion of just like yelling in your room with your headphones on and yeah. that's that's so cool, and I think that's why it's such a an iconic song for Blink. And yeah, the lyrics, it's like, well, here's your ho- well, here's your holiday. Hope you enjoy it this time. Like that sounds like parents arguing. Well, here's your fucking holiday. Hope you fucking enjoy it this time, bitch. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like I could see parents yelling that at each other, and it's like, fuck, man. And it's just Tom, Tom giving Tom the chorus where it's it probably something his parents actually said to each other. He talks about the twenty years now on, and it's like. It it, work, it just works. I don't know. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, 
You ready to move on? Yeah, let's go. So uh, chapter 13 by plus 44. Uh, we're getting into blink breakup territory. Here, yes, folks. Um, this album was from 2005, I want to say. Um, 2005, 2006. Um, it was around the time Tom left Blink-1 on an indefinite hiatus. And so Mark and Travis were like, hey, let's let's make a band. Yeah. And that they did. Um, and I think Plus 44 and Angels and Airwaves might be just as important to my musical experience with Blink as anything else is. And this is a great Blink breakup album. If you want to know how Mark felt about the breakup the first time, just <laughs> go listen to it. There's a lot of fuck you songs. And uh, I really wanted to pick No It Isn't, but it just didn't fit the, the feeling of this playlist. Sure. Um, this isn't just goodbye. This is I Can't Stand You is the chorus to yeah. uh, No It Isn't, which is like, hell yeah. But, you know... As true f- bros, you f- you fix everything and you're like, oh, I don't really want to play that song anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, we're still buddies. They were still um, fairly young at the time too. Yeah. They were like, like late twenties. Yeah. So you're still kind of emotional. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a huge Mark guy, and I think we're gonna talk about uh, you're you're a Tom guy. I'm a Mark guy, yep. which kind of makes sense with our personalities. <laughs> I think does it? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just we're always gonna be opposite. On yeah, things. fair enough. And that's what makes this a good podcast. Yeah. But um, you know, I I like this because it felt like they're self-titled, expanded upon. It didn't. There was no weirdly tuned guitars. They weren't talking about space or having these five-minute <laughs> intros. This is still like rock. Yeah. And it felt more my speed in high school. So I really like Plus Forty Four. I love that whole album they did. And uh, Chapter Thirteen was was the best. Yeah. And this is getting into territory uh, that I never listened to. So like anything past like self-titled blink i never really listened to i never listened to any of the side projects not really i heard them in like passing i'm sure but so this was new for me so this was kind of cool for me to kind of dig into some of these libraries a little bit and kind of find a song that i could relate with and uh yeah no this is a this is i wrote because i I took my notes first and then i was like this is a great contrast to what boxcar racer did because it is more straightforward it's 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 more pop driven and I don't mean that in the sense that it's like a pop song, but it's got, it's more accessible is what I mean by that. I think that's something Mark's always been better at. Yeah, I think so too. I think you that's can... why I liked Tom better because he always felt more experimental and I related to that at the time. And not that I dislike Mark's vision, but at the time I like, I liked to see the growth that Tom was going through and taking Blink through. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been a sucker for a good hook, so it makes sense that I'm more of a Mark guy. Yeah, and I think going back and looking at it now, I appreciate Mark much more. Especially going through this, I think I like the Mark side of the tree more than I do the the Tom side of the tree. (laughs) So (laughs) even though I've always identified more with like Tom's journey through music, uh, I, I think I, as I go through my musical listening life, I, I enjoy just something simple and well done. And that's exactly what this thing, this song is. And I imagine what the rest of the album is too, even though it's like a bitter album, it's got that Mark, uh, just clean, clean writing style that I really loved in blink. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it almost feels like an unfinished blink album, you know? And it feels like something that, that could, this could have been on like the untitled album at some point. And that's that's why I think it it appeals to me so much when I listen to it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I get it. This sounds this sounds familiar and this sounds good. It just sounds more grown up yeah. than what I you know what I was used to listening to. That last like minute where it's like barely any vocals and yeah. it's like, and Travis is like perfectly in sync yeah. with and yeah, man, 
I love I love the end of this song as much as I love the whole song. Yeah, general. Travis Travis is so fucking good, man. I like I don't want to get it, I don't want people to get it twisted that I dislike Travis as a drummer. I just don't think he's like technically the like better than a lot of other drummers. No, there's there. there's metal drummers, yeah. there's there's so jazz many. drummers that are out there that are just fucking incredible. But it's, in this pocket of the world. Yeah, he's the, like I said, he he owns like any sort of punk. You want to put anything punk in front of it, post-hardcore, any sort of something in that vein, he's he's the guy you want because he's going to fucking drill at home. He's got such a... It almost sounds like he's playing with like hammers. Like he, he plays so loud. It's awesome. It's almost kind of John Bonham-esque, which mm-hmm. is a huge, huge compliment because he's just a loud fucking drummer. But it's so accurate and clean. I don't know. He's awesome. Um. Yeah, anyway, you want to move on to how old Boxcar, the Tom, the Tom Fork of the Tree here? Yeah. Uh, this is the Tom affair, as one might say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I this guess. This is why there was trouble in paradise. Yeah, and the way Tom describes it, this is where I started to lose a little uh, respect for the way Tom kind of handled the whole uh, Pursuit of Tone interview. Because it was very one-sided. Like, you could tell, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I just, I was like, I just texted Travis, and we was like, hey, you want to drum for us? And for this band and he didn't understand why Mark might think that looked kind of shitty. You know, maybe we'll just make a blank album without Mark. You know, what's (laughs) the big deal? Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's just like, come on guy. Like, you know, you know, but anyway, with a different drummer and it wouldn't have been a big, No, it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been a deal at all. It wouldn't have been anything, but But you're a three piece band and you're doing 66% of the people in blink. Yeah. And one person's left out. They're going to feel left out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, it felt it's this is this is more raw, especially that I we didn't talk about the song. I picked I feel so, it, which is to me this is post hardcore. This is this is something that I relate to and I love because I love hardcore punk. Like I love listening to like Misfits and some Guar stuff is very like hardcore punk. So this is very very much in my vein. And uh, Tom and Travis really shine here. It's like the haunting vocals. There's a punchy, like we just talked about. He's really, really punchy drummer, and it's it shines through here. Um, it just the guitar really drives in the nail with authority here. It's almost kind of a metal track at some points, and I, I think that's kind of what drew me to this song over the rest of this album. Because the rest of the album is I listened to, it, I was like, eh, eh, eh. and then I got to this one, I was like, oh, okay, there's something cool here, and there's something grimy here that i really really like there's mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a deep pocket to this song that you kind of just sink into and you kind of fester in the filth and yeah no I, there's it's, it's a really really cool track to listen to because it's vastly different it opens so somber with the piano yeah and then the acoustic guitar and then the drums just come in and it's like well it's those the, the piano and guitars off kilter they're not really in tune and it's just it's it's like what the fuck is this it's kind of weird and kind of maddening to listen to and then every that's why travis is so good he's just like the drums bring everything to make yep. sense again and uh yeah, I think people gravitate to Boxcar Racer because a it's one of those obscure things that makes you feel like you're like a a true Blink head. Yeah, sure. Uh, but it's also the heaviest Blink property we have. Oh yeah, by far. And it's weird. It's experimental, and you know, not everything sticks. But it was cool to kind of see like a side project. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see where Tom was head was at in between Blink albums. And, uh, you know, I I personally like the piano and the acoustic guitar because do it doesn't too. sound perfectly mixed together. Yeah. It sounds like they were in a garage and they were like, hey, man, I kind of got these ideas. What do you think about this? I start with a piano and then I start with an acoustic guitar and then the drums come in and it's a completely different song. And then he's like, what's he say? Here it goes. 
Yeah, and something it's like, like nah, 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 nah. And it's just like, it has a different kinetic energy than any other Blink song that you've heard. Yeah, this doesn't sound like Blink. Like, whereas, uh, what, Plus 44? Mm-hmm. That sounded like Blink, just without Tom. Yeah. Which which is a lot of Blink stuff doesn't really feature Tom a lot. So I was like, yeah, this just sounds like like really good Blink. Yeah. Again, but this is something completely different. Just It's like Tom did like a, a metal pro- project. <laughs> it's like, I want something heavier. And so he did it. I want something people are going to rage to, baby. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it was a reflection of how he was feeling. He just, yeah. You know, it just, he just was angry maybe at that time. I I like Tom. I don't always love Tom, but yeah. I like Tom. Yeah. And I, I'll always follow any adventure he goes on because I think he is a like an interesting fellow. He's one of those guys that like has a really interesting mind, but he's got to be maddening to make an album with oh yeah i'm sure he or make music with in general again coming back to that you if you go watch pursuit of tone because you'll you'll understand what we're talking about a lot here with tom and he's a guy that really 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 believes in what he's doing even if it sounds really stupid to other people <laughs> but you have to respect that right yeah. and so i i i 100 agree he's probably incredibly hard to work with especially like once he started like getting in his head like oh i need to do something different or i want to do something better or i need to oh i want to try this and i really think we should do this because he's one of those guys that once he decides on something he's like i gotta fucking do scratch this itch he's like the poster child for adhd kind of yeah he can't he can't do the same thing twice repetition drives him crazy so i think that's kind of what it is yeah even angels and airwaves from the first album which was really cool and spacey to what it is now it's like vastly different vastly different so you can respect it, but not always like it, I guess. Yeah, no, I respect it, but I think a lot of the things he said in that documentary are very douchey and stupid. <laughs> it's like, dude, this is... That's, I, gave, I gave you a disclaimer before you watched it. I was like, you're going to either love him or hate him after this. I still, I I still love Tom. It's a little bit of both. But when he started talking about, like, we'll get into Actually, we'll get into it when we start talking about Angels and Airwaves yeah. here in a second. Um, you want to just move on then? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Secret Crowds by yeah. Angels and Airwaves, which is from their uh, second album, I Empire. I really wanted to talk about We Don't Need to Whisper, but I think it's going to be a future album for me. Okay. Um, because there's so many iconic songs, or even there's an EP where he reimagines the songs, and he did it like five years ago, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but there's just so many things that I want to talk about individually about that. So I picked I Empire. I picked Secret Crowds. And it was just really integral to my life because my brother Dalton had the out. Al- he bought the album on iTunes and he burned it for me. And you know, it was something him and I listened to together a lot. And it was just so cool to hear a drummer that wasn't Travis, but still fucking bring the noise, bro. Yeah. And between the drums and the guitars, like I love Tom's vocals, but like nothing else matters besides the drums in this song. Yeah. The dude was just like, "Hey, I'm I, I'm gonna go off this song. Is that cool?" And he's like. Yeah, I don't really have like a ton of guitar for this song, but yeah. if you want to go off, fam, just do it. And that's what he did. Well, and sorry, go ahead. No, that's that's really all I had. Well, that was that was gonna be my point about when he's talking about Angels of the Airways. He's like, yeah, I just I really wanted to play around with like heavy reverb. I was like, oh, so you just you want to pluck the guitar once and let the pedals do the work? Like, dude, that's not fucking making music. That's just that's what the fucking Edge does in U two. It's all he's ever done. And people stroke him off. That's why I fucking hate you too, because people stroke off the edge. And he's not good. He just fucking plays with a shitload of reverb. It's not good. It's just, it's shitty guitar and it's shitty like effects. I mean, it sounds cool, but it's not good playing. Like anybody can do that. Like I have an amp at home that I can do that with and make 
largely the same sound. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if the drummer is still in Angels on Airwaves, yeah. but the, the drummer for the first two albums just like blew it out yeah. of the water. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just being able to shine in a, in a song with Tom singing and being on a guitar when he's trying to do something experimental is, is not easy to do. But that like, yeah. it almost feels like he's got big batons and he's like plant mm-hmm. like, uh, just like playing on a wall or something, <laughs> yeah. like like a wooden wall. It's just so loud and like and, fucking stomp. Yes, that's what it reminds <laughs> me of. Just people playing on like on a ship. You're banging on the side of a ship or something. It's By the so, way, if you're <laughs> if you're if you're not between the ages of like thirty five and twenty seven, you don't so, you have no idea what the fuck stomp is. I, I can't apologize. believe, dude. We need to play charades. The fact that you got stomp out of what I was just I saying knew, is yeah, awesome. Did, yeah, exactly. Know what you're doing. That's the only thing it could be a stomp. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of fucking weird 20 year olds banging on trash cans and touring the nation with it yeah inspiring into a, a bunch of 12 year olds <laughs> to, to go smack some trash cans jesus christ anyway man. um yeah angels and airwaves has its place in my heart because uh, the first two albums uh similar to you know the high school playlist any of these songs could be on the high school playlist for yeah. me angels and airwaves is synonymous for me being like 15 and 16 experiencing a lot of things for the first time, love, heartbreak, all those kind of things. And it was just really cool. I love the ethereal feel and you know, it's been a while since I said ethereal, so you might as well throw it out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, my, I didn't listen to a whole lot of angels and airways. I've already kind of covered that. I really didn't listen to any of the side projects. So this was kind of new for me. Um, and where I went, I wanted to go as new as possible just cause I wanted to not hate it essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I th- I'm glad that you picked something from their earlier stuff that actually meant something to you. Um, and I read that, you know, this kind of sounds just like a Foo Fighter song almost to begin with. And then and then Tom starts to sing. And he sounds really goofy. Because Tom has that, like, stereotypical, like, whiny punk voice. But it, for somehow, somehow Tom keeps it from being cringy. And I think that's why I always liked Tom a whole lot. Because he does have that, that voice is cool. As much as you want to make fun of it, that sounds cool. And it's almost like an instrument in and of itself. But it can be very cringy at times if it's not done right. And I think that's the magic of Tom DeLonge is he can do that voice and make it sound cool somehow. Especially getting to the chorus and like not over-exaggerating your voice and like focusing on other things, making other things sound cool. Like the chorus isn't very complicated. Yeah. Let me feel you carry you higher. Watch your words spread hope like fire. Yeah. And that's like really it. And, you know, I think that's why he can be so cringe during the verses. Yeah. But then the chorus, you're like, oh, yeah, that's why I love Tom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, and I wrote this before watching that, but it makes sense. Like my notes were exactly on the nose. Like Tom always wanted to make more moody stuff. Like his stuff, like on later Blink albums, was always a little bit more moody. He was, he was, was, did he write Adam's song too? I don't know. Either way, like I mean, stay together for kids. That's Tom's yeah. Tom's story, and that's like that's I think that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to do something that felt personal to him, and he was kind of growing as an artist that way. And Blink wasn't scratching that itch for him, and so he formed Angel and Airwaves to be kind of that uplifting personal thing that he needed. It was a very like selfish side project for him, and that's okay. I think as an artist, you're allowed to do that. You know, I think that's the best art, honestly, is when you're doing it just for yourself and if people like it fucking awesome. But you know, I think that's how you make best art is you have to, you have to like it. Otherwise what the fuck's the point? You yeah. Know what I mean, 
So uh, let's move on here to my Angels and Airwaves track. Euphoria. <laughs> Euphoria. This was this they have they've released another single since then, but this was a very very recent single. I think came they dropped it in 2021. Um, There's an album coming out next month. Yeah. So this is like new, new, new. Yeah. Angels and Airwaves, and I I I, t- I said again, I've never listened to them any again. I never. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Never listened to them again. That was a that was it. terrible English sentence, and I apologize. If anybody's listening to this podcast to learn how to speak English, I don't. Uh, <laughs> we we know good we know good at English <laughs> we we stink at it and I majored in it in college <laughs> uh, anyway uh, until this like I never really listened to any of his side stuff I've already talked about that but th- what I this is something so so different and almost this like boxcar racer like found a synthesizer <laughs> it's it's like because it's it, this song is heavy uh, it, it's. It's like Queens of the Stone Age, and where it's like the last track reminded me of Foo Fighters. Like Queens of the Stone Age is like grown up Foo Fighters, if you think about it. Really, they do kind of the same music, but Queens of the Stone Age is always a little bit more experimental and always a little heavier than Foo Fighters were. And I, I love love Queens of the Stone Age. So that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom's vocals have matured quite nicely. He's not doing the whiny stuff I was literally just talking about. He's he's an adult now, and he's not singing like a whiny teenager anymore. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's creepy. It's otherworldly. It's ethereal to do a buzzword yeah. for us. <laughs> Take a drink if you're listening for ethereal. Uh, but no, I, I really really liked it. I was I was shocked by how much I liked this song, especially being uh, you know a newer side project that's now older than blink is right mm-hmm. uh, or older than blink was when i stopped listening to them so yeah i crazy. think he's going on 16 years with angels and airwaves yeah, it's, it's not continuous but i mean since it's his project he can kind of like pick it up whenever he wants it's like his main thing he's had for that's like everything else is a side project to Air, angels and airwaves from tom now yeah and I, i'm i'm not as hot on the new angels and airwaves stuff yeah as i was the first three albums but that being said, you know, I'm I'm always going to listen to it. I'm always going to be interested in what Tom puts out because, like you said, it's different. His musical style is always changing, and it feels like a natural natural progression. This feels like stadium rock or, you know, it's something like a seventh album. You know, like yeah, when you really, you've kind of done everything you want to do, and now it's like, we want to go for a different sound. Yeah, it sounds like a me- like super massive black hole by Muse or something like that. We're just like, hey, what have we fucking done? Anyway? <laughs> Let's just do a fucking weird ass cool song. Yeah. Um. You know, I can't. I can't help but think Tom's best music is in the past, though. I agree. I agree. I think uh, until he can maybe do something, until they can reunite his Blink, and he can kind of get out of his own ass a little bit. I think he's so far up his own ass that he's just. He can't see the forest through the trees anymore. And, you know, I, that's kind of contradictory to what I just said because, you know, he's doing what he wants to do, but it's not necessarily good anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, or like our cup of tea. Yeah. Like, there might be people that are really into it. But that's true. For us, like. That's true. You know. Got to stay out of that trap, right? Yeah. We talk about it all the time. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah. Um. So my last pick, Forget Me Too by MGK featuring Halsey mm-hmm. and Travis Barker. Yep. Um, you know, we talked about this on the, uh, the album or the, uh, the episode that is, uh, in the cloud somewhere up there with Harambe. It's an episode that, uh, I fucked up and we lost. You didn't fuck up. The computer let you down. Technology let you down. I should have saved it earlier. Um, 
you know, I'm not going to make excuses for myself. I can be better. Um, that being said, I have to give props to MGK and Halsey. They brought the noise, and I can't help but think it's because of Travis Barker. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. this is a Blink song, but you take out Mark and 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 uh, Tom, and you just add MGK and Halsey. Yeah. But they add such a cool th- like call and response in this song. And I think that's always something I really enjoy is when it's a breakup from both perspectives. Yeah. And that's so cool. And then they come in and sing the last chorus together. These two should just make albums together. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. They should be making just one punk rock album and never do it again and never speak of it again because that's kind of what the world needs, I think. Um, they didn't release this as a single before the album came out, and I think that's why I was so floored by it. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, you kept this in your back pocket? It seems like the first single. You know, MGK, Travis Barker, Halsey. It's a recipe for Yeah, I mean, that's, that's top 40 magic right there. And... You know, it's it's what's great about music in this day and age. I know a lot of people are like, oh, music was better. Me, 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 me. Uh, <laughs> music was better when I was younger. That's just not true. Nothing. My name is Eeyore. <laughs> um, it's just not true. Music is evolving. And I love the blending of genres. <laughs> I just don't know. I, just, I didn't know we were doing characters now. <laughs> Music yeah. was back in my day. It was a lot better. I'll tell you what. When I was in high school, music was good. Yeah. Now, music not so good. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the fact stop, that I was... Okay, okay. We, gotta, we, we gotta move on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love Halsey's part in this song. And uh, I want a Halsey pop punk album so bad. Yeah, I do too. Um, she fucking slays this track. Yes. Uh, and that's basically my whole note on this song. <laughs> is that fucking Halsey destroys this track dude it's so fucking good i love halsey and it's because she just knows she has really she's a smart musician she's a smart vocalist and like this song would be awesome like okay like it would be fine with just mgk (laughs) but halsey really just shits all over him on like he it's like that rap feature like it's not your song but you remember that only that feature so people think it's their song all of a sudden like if you had told me this wasn't a Halsey song, I wouldn't believe you because it's it sounds like it's her song. Mm-hmm. That's not to discredit Menji K because he does good shit and he's still raw, like he's still new in punk, um, like at least recording punk anyway. Uh, I mean, him getting bitch slapped out of the rap game isn't wasn't necessarily a bad thing because Travis was able to swoop him up and teach him how to make good cut good albums. And this this album is good; it's legitimately good. Like I remember listening to it back for that that episode that was lost to time and I was like oh yeah like I don't hate this like I expected to hate it because I don't like MGK and uh at least not the shit he had done before it's like yeah like this is good like I can't deny it I'm not I'm not that Eeyore you were just doing like I I could still listen to new stuff and appreciate it I kind of want to do a whole podcast using that voice (laughs) just don't I was vibing don't invite me along (laughs) you can do that could be your first solo (laughs) solo project I can't do so this is the Eeyore hour No, I'm not going to start doing it again. Couldn't find my tail again today. <laughs> but then I listened to MGK and everything was good. See, it feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of does. But <laughs> uh, no, it was like, yeah, now he's fucking, he's sleeping with Megan Fox now. So I think MGK is doing just fine. He's doing all right. Uh, but no, yeah, Travis just knows how to make a great punk album. And this this goes back to what I've been saying this entire episode. If you want something punk done right, call Travis Barker. If you want a beat that's going to be punchy and you know 
just stand out, call Travis Barker because he's proven he can do it over the last 15 years. He's just good at it. And, you know, this the, he really stands out here. This is really a Travis Barker and Halsey track for me. Yeah. <laughs> MGK just kind of is along for the ride. But, again, not to discredit him because if it didn't have Halsey on it, I would still like the track. Yeah. It's just when she comes in, it's like, holy shit. I saw, I've got whiskey burps here. Um, or bourbon burps, excuse me. I know it's different because it's made bourbon in Kentucky. Bourbon is whiskey. Yeah, but it's made in Kentucky, so it's bourbon. That doesn't make it bourbon. What makes it bourbon? There's there's a bunch of rules. I'll, I'll tell you after. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It it's stupid. They all taste the same, essentially. <laughs> it's it's going to piss off all my whiskey friends, but yeah, they do <laughs> generally taste the same. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's it, really. I just, I really do like this track quite a bit. Like, I played it over here on the way over, and I was fucking blaring it. Yeah. It, it's, it's so cool to hear Halsey that way, because a lot of her stuff is so pop. Yeah. And not in a bad way, but like just hearing pop pop punk drums with yeah. Halsey, it's like, oh man, I story so far. This is going to connect a few few uh, webs that we have. Uh, she tweeted that uh, listening to a the story so far album made her want to make a pop punk album, and I screenshotted it and I was like, please, like <laughs> I mean, this was seven years ago, but I'm still holding out yeah. hope. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool because. Store so far didn't even retweet it. They just liked it because yeah. they're they're so gangster. They don't oh, care. Yeah, yeah. They don't need the recognition. <laughs> they just liked it. That was cool. Thanks, Halsey. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. Um. Anyway, you ready to move on here? Yeah. All yeah. right. Let's move on to uh, Josiah, featuring Travis Barker in a song called Heartbreak. This is a song I had never heard before until this playlist. Um, Josiah is a Dayton, Ohio-based rapper. So right really? in our backyard. Yep. Uh, that's I think that's one of the main reasons I picked it, but I also do just legitimately like this song. This is the one that stood out to me that because I, I, when I was going through the features for Travis Barker, I was like, I want I know he's done a shitload of stuff with rappers, but I want to do something where you can hear Travis playing drums on it. And this is the first one that I heard that featured a rapper that I liked that had very prominent Travis drums on it. That they're loud and they're they're just really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, into the song. If it sounds familiar, it's because it's almost exactly the opening to Adam's song. Like the guitars are the almost the exact same; they're played in the exact same speed. It's uh, almost the exact same notes, but there's a little bit of extra madness in there. They're a little bit off kilter. I don't know. There's something really cool about it that really kind of dragged me in instantly. And I really like Josiah's vocals in this. Uh, just the beginning part, it's really kind of, it sounds almost mumble rappery, but it's got a nice almost kind of sing-songy, like it's spoken word almost, but it, I don't know. It's it's cool. It's got a cool vibe to it. But then, all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, it's hard, bright, and he fucking screams it, and he just screams for the rest of the song, and it's just, it's loud, and it's obnoxious, but it's in your face, and you can feel this dude fucking heart breaking. It's, it's gut-wrenching, dude. I fucking love, love, love this song. Of the songs on this playlist, I may have listened to this one the most this, this past two weeks, because I, I, I love it. It's short, too. It's very punk-rocky. It was so jarring that first time yeah. I heard Heartbreak, because I was like, it kind of felt like it meandered a little bit it until did. it got the Heartbreak, and it was like, it's almost like two songs that he kind of blended together mm -hmm. and him yelling heartbreak like woke me from a slumber dude mm -hmm. that would wake someone up from a coma and yeah i think this song was interesting because it's not like anything else we have on our playlist yeah and um you know travis has been continuously relevant 
because he's been producing rappers. Yeah. He's been giving a lot of rappers like a, a name because he produces them or he makes a trap beat for them or he drums on them. There's just so many cool things that he does in the music scene that isn't necessarily punk rock and somehow makes it punk rock yeah. at the same time. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of like alt rap, yeah, which too. is becoming a, a genre, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, I think Black Bear kind of fits perfectly into yeah, that. Right. And, you know, Travis or uh, MGK is kind of fitting into that. So, uh, yeah, this was a very nice surprise. Yeah, me too. Because I was, like I said, I was getting kind of frustrated because I just couldn't find what I was looking for. And I finally, this was like a, just an, a eureka moment for me. Just a light bulb went off. I was like, yeah, this is fucking cool. And I, I am, I'm kind of obsessed with it in a weird way. It's like, it's, it's like a really good scary movie kind of where it's like, it's, it makes you feel uncomfortable, but in a really good way. Mm. And, uh. I don't know. I just there's something infectious. I can't. I can't wait to just kind of dig into Josiah to see if I actually like him or not, because this is a great first introduction to this guy. And I love you know we love supporting local artists. So yeah, let's give this a listen if you haven't. It's awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's our uh, that's our playlist. That's the Blink family tree, and uh, you know it was really hard for me to just not pick all Blink songs because <laughs> yeah. I, I do really do fucking love Blink One Eighty Two and. They're really important to my life, and there's just something magical about the that I don't know ten year run that they had. And it just it will always stick in my mind. They will always make me happy. They will always bring me back to high school and college, and it will always remind me of how magical those those years were in my life. It's Blink is never going to be a sad memory for me, even though it's kind of a shitty story. They're just I don't know. It, it, something they listen to the mark tom and travis show and that's that's that sums up how blink makes i think every blink fan feel yeah yeah and it's so cool to watch their journey Mm -hmm. because they're not music they're like mark and tom aren't making music together anymore but they're still friends yeah and i think that's kind of important to us yeah like you want you want your parents to stay together really but if they can't like you want them to be cordial they couldn't they couldn't stay together for the kids and that's okay and i think that's like I think as you were walking in, I was wa- I was watching one of their interviews that they had just done in the last couple of days, and it's just like so heartwarming to hear them still be friends. And I don't have that emotional investment with many bands as I do with Blink. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's if you ha- if you form that really young, I think that's something you want to see grow. And if it can't grow, you want to at least keep tabs on what what it becomes. Right. So Angels and Airwaves, whatever. Mark does, you know, he's done uh, simple creatures with the guy from All Time Low. They did it like a two-headed project, which was really cool. Um, and you know, we'll probably do a, another Blink Family Tree playlist where I'll I'll include different projects. Yeah. But you know, it was just fun to kind of dig back into some of these old things that I haven't listened to in a really long time. Yeah, and if you're upset that we didn't do anything from Enema of the State, it's because we really, really want to do like a full deep dive into Enema of the State and take your pants off at some point. But I think Enema of the State is damn near perfect. It's, yeah. a, it's a great fucking album. So we we I, we didn't talk about it before, but I texted you when we both had about all of our songs. And I was like, I'm really glad we didn't do anything from Enema. I think that's it's low-hanging fruit. It is, it is. But it, I think... That's okay because low hanging fruit just means it's good. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like yeah. some calling somebody basic isn't an insult. It's just you like shit that everybody likes because it's good. So I don't know. I I, I, I just really want to give that song a deep dive. Yeah, yeah. Both those albums deserve it at some point. It's yeah. just you know trying to. 
trying to figure out when we're going to start doing albums again and stuff. So um, let's talk about song of the show, shall we? Let's do it. I'll let you go first. Okay. So uh, my pick was inspired by Zoe. Uh, the clean. I picked a Clean Bandit song. It's an. It just happened to be a newer song. Um, I never knew them, but they just happened to drop a banger last week. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's this, the chorus is so really, really, it's fucking good. It's just, it's good kind of electro, like new age funk almost. It's, uh, it's just got really funky string hits. It just got, it just made my juices start flowing. It just made me happy. It's just, it's music like that. If you've ever, if anybody out there has ever played Persona 5, it sounds very much like the soundtrack to Persona 5. And if you, know it it's one of the best soundtracks of all time it's fucking great yeah the song rips yeah it was a perfect summer song it's not one like if you sent that to me in december i'd be like i could rock this yeah. like you have to have the windows down for yeah, this yeah, one. yeah i think that's what clean bandit is really they're summer they're summer songs yeah oh featuring wes nelson by the way you know just in case wes is listening don't want to slide him. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate your contribution wes <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I'm sure your vocals you, you are something. Def, you did it. Yeah. Um, my song of the show, Know It All by the band Camino. Mm-hmm. I've been holding off mentioning this song, and I don't know why, but I think it's because like it seemed too easy, but the time has come. I can't stop singing this fucking <laughs> chorus again. I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm going to have to listen to it on the way home. I love the band Camino, and I love great choruses, and this band, like, <laughs> their cadence i don't i don't know how he does it but like it's so different and it makes it like when you know the words it makes you feel so proud oh yeah makes you feel so cool to like sing along to it dude i fucking love shit like that when you finally like ah i know exactly what you're talking about it's it's Uh, fucking so cool it's so (laughs) infectious and i've got it i've incepted it into zoe's mind i hear her like walking around the house singing i'm like what are you saying nothing shut up like yeah, <laughs> yes. It's probably my favorite chorus of the year so far, and that's right. that's higher praise because that's all I'm, that's all I really care about is choruses. So, yeah. um, I'm excited to see what they're coming up with because they released an EP I think last year, but you know this is their most recent single, and um, I I love the band Camino. Cool. I can't wait to listen to it. I can't wait. Uh, so when it comes to next week, we might continue playlists. We might do an album. If you follow us on social media, that will be where we announce it because yeah. we're still kind of torn. We talked about it the other day and we didn't really come to a conclusion. So Yeah, I think I definitely wanted to go back to albums at some point. I think there's just too many albums. Like It's fun doing playlists, but I'm getting to a point now where it's like I want to deep dive into bands again. And it's fun doing – like it, I think playlists fit summer because you know you want different shit to listen to, but – you know, as you get more introspective in the fall and winter, you really kind of, it's, it kind of fits the mood, right? Just yeah. kind of diving deep into something and kind of huddling up with something and getting intimate with it. That's, I, I, I miss doing that. I think we can switch back and forth. I think we don't necessarily have to only do playlists in the summer, but I really do. I'm, I'm getting an itch to talk about some albums. Yeah. Like I've got a backlog now. <laughs> Of shit that I just want to listen to, and especially kinda... doing the playlist kind of unlocks some things. Yeah, for us. yeah, for sure. Like, there's some there's some bands that we d- I discovered this summer that I might actually want to talk about. Some like uh, Foxy Shazam, for sure. I want to mm-hmm. do a couple. Uh, uh, thank you, Scientist. Both Louis picks, by the way. I, you yeah, know, Louis still number three. Yeah, come on, Louis, you're coming <laughs> on. We won't have to tell Ben when you're coming on. But uh, if you guys have any thoughts or opinions on um, what you want, if you want us to do another playlist, yeah. you have an idea for a playlist, let us know. Um, I think we're going to finish August with playlists. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
and then we'll we'll get into albums come September. Yeah, we're also running out of ideas for playlists. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. We could use some help. Uh, so yeah, if you guys have any ideas for playlists, you have any ideas for albums, give us a shout. Uh, we're off the beaten at off the beaten clef on Instagram, yep. off clef on Twitter. And we have a TikTok off the beaten club, yeah, which I haven't done in like four weeks. Nah. <laughs> Just every time I do it, I'm like, I don't fucking feel like doing this. Right yeah. Now. I'd rather play Skyrim, <laughs> a fucking 10 year old, 20 year old video game. Yeah. Or send us an email off the beaten club at Gmail. Yes, that's, please. That's how you get moved to number three. That's right. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, thanks for listening guys. And yep. uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.